following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. They're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, they're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, they're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, your trusted advisors. The financial guys, right on, right on, right on the money. It's time to talk money. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local investment professionals Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Registered representatives with Peak Brokerage Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. Great to be here today. I'm Mike Hayflick with Jeff Boron. That's right. The dynamic duo is back in the studio. Here we are. Letting Mike and Glenn have a little <laughs> holiday weekend time, maybe going shopping, right, I wonder, in the crowd. I wonder if Glenn's out in a field somewhere right now. Right. He's, he's shooting Christmas presents right he, now. He, he's got his list. <laughs> you know, he's got checking you a it twice. Yes, I've got you a deer. Uh, and, and he's going to probably do all the, the cutting up and, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's not my background, but boy, is Glenn good at it. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, listeners, clients. Um, we are so grateful to all of you for listening every week. It's our group therapy session to get through life. And it's going to be a, pr a pretty <laughs> packed show today. We've got a couple guests coming in. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about money in the second half. Yep. In the first half, we're going to spend some time talking about one of my favorite subjects, welfare reform. Yes. And that's on the heels of Donald Trump announcing that that is one of his next big agenda items once tax reform is passed. And I love it. I love if we it. can get through this tax reform, you know, if we can get uh, get something accomplished. Get something, get something through. He's a couple feathers in his cap. But anyways, uh, Frank, why don't you put on, there's a little clip of Donald Trump talking about what he's going to do with welfare, and we're going to talk to him about I'd like to welcome everybody to call in. It's a controversial Absolutely. subject. It's always uh, an open mic session, as you know, folks. And you can reach us here, 803-0930, star 930 from your cell. 1-800-616-9236, or even text us at 30930. Even if you're out and about, um, don't don't call while driving unless it's a safe, uh, what, hands off. Uh, and if you're going to text something nasty to, to Mike Hayflick, it's 30930. Yeah, uh, I get just, lots uh, of advice on the text screen. <laughs> Some of it I can't read. But anyways, uh, uh, Frank, why don't you throw on that <laughs> clip of, uh, of the Donald? At the same time, we're working to reduce wasteful government spending. We will hear from Budget Director Mick Mulvaney, who is working with my cabinet to find taxpayer savings in each and every department. The cabinet members that are with us today are working on getting reductions to their various departments, and we think we're going to be able to save a lot of money, even lower than the budgets and the budgets that we're submitting. We'll be working on health care, structure, and welfare reform. We're looking very strongly at welfare reform, 
And that'll all take place right after taxes, very soon, very shortly after taxes. So we'll be submitting plans on health care, plans on infrastructure, and plans on welfare reform, which is desperately needed in our country soon after tax. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, most of our listeners probably agree. I think welfare has gotten a little bit out of control as far as the spending. We'll talk a couple stats on that. I'd like to start out, first of all, Thomas Sowell from Stanford University, I think, put it the best. He's got a quote. Using the state to relieve people from life's challenges does them no favor. The vision where people are entitled to what others have produced is at the heart of social deterioration and can be traced back to the 60s. Nor is it a favor to society at large. And entitlements, all sorts of gaps, disparities, automatically suddenly become inequities. And that's the reason why people will lash out at others. That's a great point. The whole idea that... You know, people who see others succeed, and and if you haven't been actually working hard to succeed, you you now think, that's just unfair. I'm not able to drive that vehicle. I'm not able to afford that house. I'm entitled to that. I I should have that, that too. And that's probably the biggest problem with giving too much to too many people and not expecting these able-bodied people to actually go earn something. It's the idea that they never, ever experienced how it feels to, to overcome, whether it's semesters upon semesters of college or it's hours upon hours of work right. in, a, in a maybe a lower-paying job. Getting so up, then getting up in the morning manager. and going to work. Honestly. Yeah. The, uh, so Trump is saying he wants to reimpose some work requirements for Americans on welfare. You know. Great either idea. go for training, go for go for uh, look for jobs, work uh, in order to get some of these benefits. And you know, I, I couldn't be more in favor of that. Not sure about uh, what you think, Mike, but I I think every day I get up, we both work hard, we both work a lot of hours, and you know, it's just fairness. Well, and and that, I not even the people in our office, but every client I talk to, it sounds like. Well, and and what's really bothersome is some people who really cannot work anymore physically. Right. They're mentally unable to. They still want to. They still want to go back to what they were doing, but they're unable to. And then they have difficulty getting on Social Security disability. That's so, right. So some That's people right. who really need the help, they end up not getting it, and they're, they get so exasperated and exhausted by that process that they can't get through. Um, they, they just end up scratching and clawing to make so, ends meet, and that really bothers me. So we go back to the mid, mid-60s, 1964. We started this war on poverty, and we have spent $16 trillion, that's a T, since 1964, and we've gone backwards as far as poverty. We've hurt the people that we were intending to help. Poverty in America is overwhelmingly linked to the absence of fathers, lack of working, welfare parents payments haven't uh, really caused any you know, or been factors of any solution of ending work ethic problems, um, poverty, and uh, you know, generally haven't worked. Yeah, and these programs just get bigger and bigger with less and less hope for these people that have gotten so used to that. And, and honestly, please don't think that we're not sympathetic people that we, we wouldn't want to help the people who actually need it. It's when you know that people are able-bodied, they've been on public assistance for five or more years. What was the stat, Jeff? 20, 20%, 20% of people collecting public assistance have been on public assistance over five years. And this is supposed to be temporary. In fact, the uh, what the uh, 
It's called the Temporary Assistance to Needy Families, TANF. That's not right. temporary. <laughs> Five or more years. So to show how this whole system hasn't worked, in, in, in the 60s, when you looked at the lowest, you know, 20% of the population, uh, two-thirds of those families had somebody working in the family, you know, the head of the household, mm-hmm. and it was some assistance to help make ends meet. Right, right. Made a lot of sense. We started this war on poverty. We spent $16 trillion, and that number is now uh, down to 50%, but only a third of the head of households in the bottom 20% are working at all, and only 11% are actually working full-time. <laughs> not working. So there's no incentive to it's work. In fact, in fact, it's a disincentive to work if you think about it. it because is. it's like you take a pay cut. If you go to work and you start making some more money, they're going to cut your welfare benefits. Well, in numbers-wise, Jeff, we have some stats here. The total number of U.S. states where welfare pays more than an $8 per hour job 39, 39 out of 50 states makes it easier or better for you I'm better to off be on to sit on my couch. Assistance. Yeah, I'm better off just stay home, sit on my couch, sleep in. Right. You know, it's like being on a paid vacation. It's really, uh, it's, it's really sad. I and like it, the fact that there are eight states where someone can collect more on welfare than the average salary of a U.S. teacher. Now, that's broken. Wow. That is just broken. Wow. Yeah, we got to do something. So I'm glad uh, President Trump is going to put that at the top of his agenda. Let's get this this tax reform through and let's save everyone tax dollars. Um, it really is sad that a lot of our tax dollars go to to people who really should not be getting it. And that's, that's right. That's it. And, and we didn't even mention the fraud. I mean, 10% of all the, the welfare payments are actually That's only $72 billion dollars in yeah, fraud. Yeah, that's all. $72 billion. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Do so, <laughs> you want to go to the phone lines real quick and take Chris in West Seneca? Yeah, let's do that. Hold on here. All right. Chris, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you. Radio. <laughs> you out doing shopping, I'm sure, right? No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, what what are your thoughts? I'm for the uh, championship with Canisius, so. Ah, uh, nice. right. We're getting along there, and we do that. but uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of college football today, I think. Yeah, well, this is actually high school. Okay. Nice. And we got Lancaster playing in the Carrier Dome today and West Seneca one yesterday. So. Yes, yeah. I have a couple nephews. They're not quite on that varsity team yet, but they're from Lancaster. So I think that that whole gang drove out there to, to go root on Lancaster legends, I guess. So oh, yeah. good luck to Lancaster. I think West Seneca West last night, right? They uh, Correct. They came home. That nice motorcade. We kind of got a little bit caught up in that. Lost track of it. But, uh, that's are awesome. They, now they're going to, what, the state championship? They just won it. They won yeah, the state they won championship. won it last night. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations to all the families and kids playing out in West Seneca. Absolutely. Boy, does that ever bring a community together. It's a lot Ta- of fun. Tax reform. Chris, what do you want to say about tax reform? Well, the thing is, and i got to give uh, Grant Ledger, who I watch quite a bit more credit for this, too. With all these things there, it just it irks me when they talk about this tax reform and they can't find money to cut or anything. The rate they never talk about is zero. Mm-hmm. It ties in with people on welfare and that, too. The, it's mind-boggling the number of people in this country that pay absolutely nothing in taxes mm-hmm. but well, and everything. And, and, and to go even further, Chris, it's, it's, there's a negative tax for a lot of people who actually not only just you know, aren't at zero, but they get money back that they didn't even pay into. Right. It, it's, it's just out of control. And like I said, it's the people riding the train for free anymore are deciding which way we should go with the train. It's, it's ridiculous. 
No doubt. No doubt about it. And that's why I think uh, that's how Trump got elected, though, saying he's going to fix things like this. Right. right? But I, I'm just not real positive about the tax reform. It's, it's, it's so watered down. It's so weak. It's not doing anything for the people that really need the tax reform that are going to boost the economy other than corporate America. Right. Right. And it's just not. And uh, like I said, they, I'd cut PBS. Sesame Street makes a ton of money. Why are we funding them with my tax dollars? Um, well, how about the how about the NFL? The NFL pays no taxes. Yeah, I would cut that. And their monopoly, they you know any of these things. When you make millions and millions of dollars, as PBS and mm-hmm. I'll do, why should they be paying taxes? They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's it's I'm a phones. It's really backwards. Um, the people who contribute, the people who work their tails off, it's getting harder and harder and harder. Oh, and right. I mean, again, I see we, we Jeff, you and I see we pe- see people all the time. We're sitting with people trying to retire eventually, and it's often the case that, you know what, we're probably going to have to push this back a little bit. People are saying, how am I going to keep, you know, how am I going to keep up? How am I going to do this? Well, you know, it's it's a disincentive when, when you get up January 1st and you know you're going to work roughly half a year oh, yeah, just... to, to, to pay your tax bill. Mm-hmm. And then you can start making money for yourself. Right. And, you know, you're working for yourself and everybody else. But like this, one of these things that really gores me are those are my phones. They're not 911. You don't need 10,000 texts a month to call 911. <laughs> no. If you do, there's a big problem. Yeah, the the Obama phones. Well, that that was the interesting thing. You know, when you look at the stats, all this all these stats on welfare and public assistance programs and free handouts, there are 80 different programs out there administered by various government bureaucracies. So if you, you just add up the cost of those bureaucracies and all of these 80 programs in the overlaps it just doesn't make any sense. A trillion dollars a year, right? A trillion dollars a year yes. for all of these programs. So instead of cutting back. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, we, um, we just can't sustain, you know, we can't sustain this because we've got to cut government spending, and that's a huge part of where our dollars go to. Yeah, it's just like a household. I mean, you can make income, and we can talk about GDP growth, but the other side of it is, is our spending. Right. And there has to be certain controls there. Right. If if you had so much money to spend in your household and you were spending 20, 25% more than you made, yeah. it's it's not going to work. Well, uh, it's not working in the federal government. And that's on a credit card that you, you know, in your household, you probably already have $160,000 on, right? So right. you're adding, you're adding your... thousands to what you've already done. Without a plan to ever pay it back. Exactly. But the other thing is whenever they raise taxes from, from local, obviously we've got our issues here in West Seneca too. To the federal. Chuck Schumer and company, they're always out telling us, well, you know, you could just cut this out or it's only another $100 every two months or whatever. Why can't they ever cut out $100 every two months? Why do I always have to cut something out of my family budget? Well, it's great for the, you know, the liberals will always be out there talking about spending other people's money or other people taking cuts Mm -hmm. rather than you never see them say, well, we're going to do, we're going to do these. Exactly. Well, that's that's exactly. They're good at giving other people's money away. And and, I mean, you got it. Want to, but but the the other, when you look at any study for charity, because we're in that time of the year, Mm -hmm. the liberals that are funding these things, the generous people are the evil conservatives and evil people that want to keep some of their own money and decide where it goes. We're the people that are truly funding charities with our own money. Uh, absolutely. You got I it. Couldn't agree more. Chris, thanks for the call. Hey, we're going to we're going to take a quick break. Ron is on deck. And uh if you need us throughout the week, folks, uh we are the financial guys. You can call us 633-1515. Pop into our office. Go through our homework process. Mike and Glenn have created just quite an office of specialists. Um we have 
lots of people on our team to help you in all different ways. Right, and we're reaching the the very end of uh, Medicare enrollment season. We so are December seventh, yes, that's for anyone currently enrolled in Medicare. Um, we have an independent sales force, right? Independent reps. Um, and let me just real quickly describe what what these folks do. I sat with Brian Janik for my own mom's needs. This is what he'll do, or one of the folks on his team will do. He'll put all of the different choices out there in front of you, so all of the different carriers here locally. He's going to ask some questions about doctors, needs, medical needs, prescription drug needs, and he's going to do all that magic with his laptop and figure out what's the most optimal way for you to get your Medicare supplemental plan. And I am not kidding. I went into this this year's appointment with him thinking, I probably won't change anything. By the end of it, I changed carriers, and I actually changed the type of plan with the carrier. So, folks, if you do need us, um, especially for that independent um, Medicare evaluation, it does not cost anything extra, folks, okay? Independent Medicare reps, they get paid by those companies. You do not pay anything more to have them sit down and, and go through all the details of all the plans and all the provisions. So please use us uh, throughout the week. Um, if you want to reach us here, 8030930, star 930. Let's hear what you think about tax reform, welfare reform, and anything else going on out there today. Um, we are the Financial Guys, Mike Hayflick and Jeff Boron in studio. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930, WBEN. My heart is crying, crying. Michael McDonald? Yeah. Uh, From Leaving like Las it. Vegas, when I hear that song, all I picture is you know, <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage chugging bottles of vodka. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, great. Around the holiday time. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there with, with that yeah. vision. What a, what a happy vision that is. <laughs> we are not advocating uh, drinking while driving, folks, by, by playing that song. Uh, really happy Thanksgiving. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in studio. We are the financial guys doing our best to fill the giant shoes of Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. They are uh, deserved of much time and rest and relaxation with their families, and that's what they're doing. You know they're not resting. You know, first of all, you know Lomas is listening right now. <laughs> He'll be sending us texts, and yeah. and Glenn's probably got his earbuds in in the woods, tracking some, you know, some deer through the woods or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, like us, they love what they do, and they cannot separate themselves too much from this stuff. And um, we certainly do like what we do. That's Folks, if you want to jump on board, open mic session here. We're talking a little bit about tax reform, welfare reform. President Trump says he wants to bring that to to the top of his agenda. As soon as tax reform of some of some degree, I guess we should say. Gets tax done. change. I'm not sure if we can call it reform. I you know, I, I, I personally think it should have all of these things we try to do too much at the same time and never can get agreement on everything. Yeah. We should take little chunks. So yeah. we, we should have done easy victory. Let's reduce corporate tax rates. That's one job. Yep. Then next, let's let's take take on the whole personal tax rates, right. all the loopholes, all the changes, and let's take our time and do that. But instead, we try to do everything all at once, and right. then it doesn't get done. And why don't they just look at the seven different tax brackets and say, all right, let's see. The lowest is 10, 10%. I believe so. That Make it seven. And then the next one up is 15, make it 12. And then 25, make it 22. And if because they then that, what will happen is they'll say the, the wealthy, the billionaires, mm -hmm. even if you give them you know, the same percentage decrease, well, they're getting the most advantage because look at the dollars they're saving. So a 2% tax cut for the millionaires is more it, money than, than I'm, yeah. 5% tax cut. For, so, you know, there's, no, you know, remember when Cruz had the 
flat tax, hey, everybody in America pay 15%. Right, right. And what was wrong with that? You pay your share. It's almost, it's almost like, you know, some of the, uh, the uh, churches, which have 10% where you tied mm-hmm. to the church. Very easy. 10% of the wealthy, 10% of people that aren't as wealthy. Right. I remember in, uh, in school, I was terrible in chemistry. I was fascinated by it. But I remember the experiments. You couldn't change too many things because then you didn't know what the outcome, uh, what it was or why it was what it was. It, what they try to do, they try to make everything a variable. You know, hey, we just want to reduce taxes. Okay, now let's go. They, they pull out everything. They want everything, to change and, everything. And then they, they stuff this stuff into a bill so nothing, you know, they yeah. get some of their sweetheart. But, yeah, let's take that tax code. Let's take it from, what, 7,000 pages? Yep. Donna, I remember Cruz when he was, uh, when he was trying to uh, get a seat in the election saying, we can make that 20 pages long. Right. It's just flat tax. 20 pages, yeah. And there he, here's uh, Paul Ryan holding up that postcard, right? This is how simple the, the, the new tax form could be. All right. postcard. Well, if we rewrote the tax reform, Jeff, it could be on one page. It could be a simple memo. Just do this, and let's get into 2018 and everybody see some pay, results. Everybody pay their fair share instead of you've got people who are actually paying negative taxes, making money that they didn't pay into. You've got a whole group of the population paying zero in taxes, Yep. and then you've got the top tier paying most of the taxes got to be a more equitable system. And while they take lots of time off out there in Congress, we don't get anything done. No. Nothing no, this is, gets done. This is gonna, Trump wants this on his desk by Christmas. I'm, I'm not seeing it. It needs to change. It really does. We've got a good show here. We're talking uh, tax reform, welfare reform. We're going to have our wealth manager, friend, chartered financial analyst, John Thur, in the studio in the second hour. We're going to be talking Oh, interest rates and stocks. interest rates, money, how that relates to tax reform. I think yeah. it's, it's going to be good. John's yeah. always uh, very we, informative. And where are we heading? Right, that's really a lot of people I talk to. Did you um, did you unlock his heading. door at the office and let him out? I didn't. Oh, well, we have to I run during the break. And... <laughs> his eyes are usually glued to that TV screen. We're going to be taking a quick break here. Um, if you do need us throughout the week, folks, six three three fifteen fifteen. Um, we will be right back to take your phone calls here on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. Alrighty, welcome back. You're just tuning in. This is News Radio 930 WBEN. I think we should just let this play. <laughs> I we could. I could just sit back, just hit, just hit my relax. hand on my knee. Yeah, we're talking about welfare. I mean, we're working for I, you know, on a Saturday. I feel like we need one of our favorite beverages as we sit here and listen to that, but that's okay. Um, Mike Hayflick here with, with uh, Jeff Boron in studio today. Um, we're the financial guys. We're doing our best again to fill in for Glenn and Mike, getting some well-deserved rest. Um, we've got some uh, some callers here. We're talking a little bit of tax reform, welfare reform. Um, later, we're going to have John Thur, our wealth manager, chartered financial analyst here in studio. Always an open mic session here, folks. 8030930. Let's clean up some of these phone lines, Mike. Uh, we, Let's do know, that. We had Ron. Ron is on deck. Ron is now up. Ron. Hello. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you guys. Thank you, sir. What do you think? Well, I have a, a personal comment to make on this uh, tax cut for the middle class. Mm-hmm. It's really just a redistribution of uh, current taxpayers' money. You know, I'm I'm 72 and I'm retired, and the elimination of the uh, itemized deductions 
you know, for state income taxes, for mm-hmm. for property taxes, mm-hmm. along with the elimination of the uh, personal exemption, it it actually increases my uh, my tax by almost six thousand dollars a year. Even if you double the standard deduction, yours is going to go up six thousand. Wow. Well, I'm single. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. Your deduction is uh, twelve grand. You take away the personal exemption. You're down, yeah. You're down about four then. Well, you know, Ron, there's no doubt that New Yorkers are in a state that is going to get hurt pretty, pretty badly if we eliminate the state income tax and property tax, especially in the Buffalo area. But think, think about that. Six thousand more dollars. So you, you somehow have to either cut your budget by five hundred a month or find five hundred more dollars a month, right, Ron, to, to sort of get back to even. Or, think about leaving the uh, state and that's what everyone's going to do there's no question about it no question about it yeah i think i think one of the best investments as mike would say is moving companies mm-hmm. coming out of new york state right right it's really something it yeah. is and, this, and you know what this tax reform is doing is not at all what we expected and i think you know trump should have delivered it's not doing what it's supposed to. It's not putting money in the hands of the people, the, the population, that will use the money wisely, having right. more money in their pockets, more of their own money. You know, it's not giving them money. It's more of their own money to spend and drive the economy. Right. It's not ready. I mean, they, they've got to do more uh, for, for the, what would they call them, middle to upper class. Um, it's just not, it's not ready. Right. The whole thing is not fully baked. The, they, the, they should have just tackled the uh, the business tax. Right. Taken more time with the uh, personal taxes because it's going to affect a lot of people negatively. That's it right. Is. You know, and, and any tax reform is going to have winners and losers. We know that. But unfortunately, I don't think the losers, the people who are losing out, should have been the victims of a tax reform and increase in taxes. I'm all for the business tax cuts because, let's face it, businesses have more money. They're going to invest. They're going to hire people. They're going to grow their companies. Mm-hmm. You're right. Tackle that first and then redo the entire tax code for the population, for the, the personal taxes. Well, and what's garbage is Trump got elected by saying we're going to reduce taxes for everyone. Everyone, right? Not right. just, oh, wait, by the way, it might be 20 to 30 percent that actually see increases for exactly what you've just described, Ron. And Paul Ryan's uh, another jokester. I mean, he acts like he actually believes this, and I'm sure he knows better. No. Oh, sure, sure. They, they, they're they great on camera. That position, I think, has gotten to his head, and unfortunately I don't think he uses his head any longer to, <laughs> to, to actually make good, good decisions and to, to be a leader. Well, as Speaker of the House, I think his uh, retirement for life his uh, retirement income is over four hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Ron, are you retired? I am. I'm seventy-two and yeah. retired. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you know when you left your employment, you got this nice, generous package with health care and retirement, yeah. paid for you know. life, and yeah. no worries. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell Isn't you what, great? Paul Ryan's not going to live in New York State in retirement. Not in his retirement. No, not in that bracket. <laughs> but it's it's going to be a struggle. But uh, thank you for letting me vent. Thank, thank Thanks, you, Ron. Thanks Thanks for Ron, and happy Thanksgiving to you, and happy holiday season to you too. Merry Christmas. Right. We got <laughs> Tim in Orchard Park, who's been patiently waiting for for a little while. Talk about taxes. Tim from Orchard Park. Hey, you're on the air. How are you? I'm great. I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, I, I I just wanted you. We were just talking about tax rates and the Trump's plan and Ryan's plan and how we're 
we're going to be negatively affected in New York. But my point is New York taxes are ridiculous and ridiculously high. And it, nothing incenses me more if I'm watching TV and then there's an ad that's brought to you by New York State, Governor Cuomo. Mm -hmm. The latest one is, hey, when you're walking outside at night, wear bright clothes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that, that's, that's an ad. That's an ad. What's the wow. point of it? Hey, I, that's what we for. I think my my favorite for you? my favorite spending were those I love New York signs and all these other things along the thruway. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, right as I and, come up from PA, I know I've taken a few trips down to Pennsylvania and you're coming up right as you cross into New York. There's sign after sign, like four or five in a row. Yeah, and the cost of those signs right. was like five times as much as if you had the private sector do it and hired them exactly. because we had we had state employees do those signs. And I think they actually broke some rules or regulations. The DOT the, rules. The, the yeah, they broke the DOT they, rules for they're safety. They're actually not safe to do, but they did it anyway, and they spent millions of dollars to do it. Well, it's like I love New York, and it's the, uh, you know, all the other programs that New York has spent money on. Hey, look at the Buffalo Billion. Mm -hmm. How much of that money will ever, ever be recouped? Yep. Probably zero. Tim, it's kind of like a smoke and mirror show, isn't it? Well, I looked up the uh, – just I Googled what the ad budget was, and the latest year was 2015, and New York State spent $205 million on their ad programs. Wow. And, and we've got a declining population. They should just have nice ads saying goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from New York. Honestly, and we understand why you're leaving, and that, that would really make more sense. But if we are serious about cutting New York State taxes, whether it's those or other things, there's plenty of fat. Mm -hmm. oh, right. Boy. Well, you know, it, what what they don't understand that if you want to bring business, you want to bring people to New York State, you've got to make it more affordable to do that. There's no incentive to move to New York State with the tax structure we have. No. So what we do is we lose businesses, we lose people like Alisano, and we raise taxes to make up for that. And, that, you know, that's just a death spiral that you get into. And uh, there's no plan in place that I've seen that's going to fix that. I, and Tim, I think I'm with you. I, I think if we can uh, eliminate payments going to people who don't even live in New York State anymore, how about that? That would be an easy one. In incredible what they do. Yeah, and it's too bad because I'm a huge Buffalo guy. I love mm -hmm. the area. It's awesome. And my wife and I are talking about retirement, you know, five, six years, and I just don't know if here's where we're going to be. Elsewhere, right. Well, and I'm with you. I've been here all my life. I grew up here. Same here. Village of Lancaster. Yeah, Jeff, you too, right? Decru, right. Lancaster, Lancaster area. And um, I think it's going to end up being, unfortunately, a place that I come back to visit. And that's that's really a shame. Um, but there, it, it really does come down to what on earth are we expected to do? <laughs> I mean, really, what can you do? And it just doesn't get any better. I mean, honestly. No, I, you know, better. this year I live in Amherst. So this year Amherst did the reassessment and of course the typical well your taxes won't go up mm -hmm. just a big lie no. mine went way up like double digit probably right yeah it's you know they I reassessed they said well digit. we're just changing the assessment the tax rate's going to go down mm -hmm. it it never i've never seen it where people get a tax cut no well anyway tim hang in there we're all in the same boat i guess right <laughs> yeah well we appreciate the service you give us each and every week thank you right, thanks tim. happy thanksgiving to you Happy Thanksgiving. All right. What do you want? Want to do a quick break and we'll go to John in Rochester? Yeah, John, hold on. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to you. All right. Thank you.
good stuff there, Jeff. Here, let that one play a little longer, aren't we? That is nice. <laughs> nice stuff there. Ray Charles the song done by Derek Trucks and some members of the Allman Brothers. Is that right? Yeah, oh, is that awesome? Yeah, that is good stuff. Folks, welcome back. We are the Financial Guys, Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron. Here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. If anyone is out there doing shopping, I know Black Friday has now become, um, I don't know what you call it, but you can actually get out on Thanksgiving now, which is almost awful, isn't it? Or you can sit in your <laughs> living room online. Or it, like yes. you did, and you bought a TV. I know, you I didn't know. go out and fight the crowds at four in the morning to get that TV. And I was never so relieved. I really said, all right, if I have to go out there to get a good price on a different, newer TV, I'll do it. And I didn't have to. I got a grade. Let me just do one of these. This is just hilarious. Black Friday stories from hell. This was online. Um, so here we go. A confused customer started a line for a cash register that was actually just a computer. <laughs> <laughs> it took 15 minutes for the line to snake all around the department. And uh, obviously pandemonium ensued when the waiting customers learned the truth about the line. So some some guy stands up next to a computer and everyone follows behind him and for a good hour. They're, they're, they're saying, just waiting in line. Well, but this line's really moving Why, slow. Yeah, it's really moving <laughs> slow and, and nobody's getting taken care of. Oh, I just can't do it. I, I never liked shopping. Um, I'm glad my, my daughters and my wife love it. So yeah, I remember anyway. when my daughters were younger and you know, going out to get that toy of the year yeah you know oh, yeah. waiting outside of target for the tickle me elmo or something like that you know two hours <laughs> in the rain you know for the doors to open and in the mad rush because they only had 10 of them honestly and, and i i think one thanksgiving i volunteered i said you know what i'll go out i'll do it so i was the one getting up at three four in the morning and i had a list and I'll never forget how it felt to be caught in that huge group of people with huge boxes hitting me in the back of the head. And I'm right. like, what is happening here? Never get doing me, this get again. Get me out of here. Hopefully you're all, uh, you are all being safe out there, folks, on the road. A little bit wet out there today. Um, again, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, we are talking tax reform, welfare reform, how they can fix some of the fraud that goes on. Always an open mic session here, um, 8030930. We have a fabulous team. I have to just talk about our team thinking of Thanksgiving. I'm really thankful to be part of a just an unbelievable group of specialists that Mike and Glenn have really assembled and continue to assemble. Jeff, you're a college planning specialist helping families figure out best ways to pay for college. It's been seven days away. This is this is the season. Uh, right now we're at we're at the point a lot of the planning work is done for seniors who are going to be going to college in the fall. We've gone through months of planning work. Now mm -hmm. is the time we're actually doing and completing all the forms. And I tell everybody in America should fill out a FAFSA, a TAP, mm -hmm. you know, if you qualify, uh, Excelsior Scholarship, CSS Profile. A lot of parents get surprised. They didn't realize that there's a form called CSS Profile. Many colleges, over 350, require this. Mm -hmm. So we're finishing those up for all of our clients, trying to get them all done by, you know, December 1st. And, and then we're going to have a wave of people later that uh, said, oh, the college said I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Or my son or daughter needs to get a federally subsidized loan. And to do that, you've got to file these forms. So that always sure. happens. Think ahead. Give us a call. Um, if we can help you, we'll tell you. If not, we're going to give you some good advice and part as friends. Absolutely. I help people a lot with uh, claiming Social Security benefits. And I don't mean the actual physical get on the computer and claim. I mean, should I claim? When should I claim? What would be the best way for me to claim? And I always like to think that we put it in a bigger contextual picture of 
what's the bigger picture? You know, do you have pensions coming in? Do you have a spouse who's younger? Do you have a spouse who's maybe not as in good of health? Um, do you have one who's more inclined to keep working? There are lots of things that go into the Social Security claiming strategy uh, right. decision-making. Mike's so. not the guy to say, you know, well, just take it at 62. You know, in fact, I've got a client come to you this week, yeah. and she's in that dilemma. She she couldn't take her job anymore. She's mm-hmm. going to turn 62, and she had no idea that, well, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to make some money. That's right. And I'm going to collect Social Security. She didn't realize some of the limitations. Absolutely, you're and, you're limited then in how much you can earn. How much you can earn, and, and that could be a, a you know not only a drawback but a, something that really keeps you from being able to make that claiming decision. Um, so anyway, if you do need help in that respect, please call me, email me, Jeff Fine, our 401k plan specialist, um, really helping business owners steer clear of some of the new DOL rules. Um, helping you to optimize the benefits for your employees and keeping you, you know, clear of some of the legal issues that can can result. Ron Reinstein, certified divorce financial analyst. Abby Gwynn, the financial guy's financial gal, addressing specific needs of women in investing. Um, not to mention, geez, Charlie and Mike Sparaza, life insurance experts, specialists. Right. Boy, they've been been just uh, amazing. Um, get, getting reviews of old insurance policies and figuring out what can you do moving forward to get the most out of your life insurance benefits. Um, John Thur, he'll be here uh, in studio shortly. Chartered financial analyst, Dave Mariocker, another member of our investment team. Jay Blanchard, John Haberstroh, Ron Wasco, wealth management attorney, yes, attorney, Tom Canavo now in our office. Um, and, and of course, Brian Janik. Brian has got a lot of airtime the last um, month or two. It, it, well, in between working like eight, he's there at eight in the morning. Yes. And, yes. you know, I leave, you and I leave late at night sometimes. Yeah. He's still there. He's still you there. Know, I don't have to worry about locking up because Brian's going to be there. Brian and his team of independent Medicare reps. Um, open enrollment window for those of you on Medicare right now and, and thinking about which Medicare supplemental plan you should choose next year. Brian and his team. Um, are seeing people nearly around the clock and um, the December 7th open enrollment window uh, deadline is is coming up. So please call our office, not to mention our support staff led by Sue Ryan, um, 633-1515 if you need us throughout the week. Um, Some of you might be seeing us on on television too. Money Talks, Tuesdays at 11.30 a.m. following the uh, Channel 2 WGRZ News. Um, We're really enjoying that as another way of reaching out to people. So Anyway, let's move on. We've got John in Rochester. We're talking tax reform. John, John, our friend from Rochester, how are you? Hey, Mike and Jeff, I'm doing good. <laughs> Great. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, same to you guys. Thank you. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes, no, sir. Not Christmas yet. Let's not get there too fast, John. <laughs> no, the music is on. It's on radios oh, already. Of course it I, is. I turn it right away. I can't hear it. So yet. are the commercials. <laughs> I hear you there, I'll tell you. But, but you know, this uh, tax reform package, it's, uh, I like the corporate part of it. Right. But the individual part really kind of stinks. Um, it, but i got to say, it, it, show, it really shows you who, who the bad guys are here. It's the blue states. When you mm-hmm. look at Cuomo's policies and uh, Schumer's policies and Hochul's policies and Slaughter's policies, and going back to Rockefeller, uh, who was a Republican, Back in the 50s, he in early 60s, he crafted some of these uh, policies that created this tax hell we're in right now mm-hmm. in our state. So at least what comes out of this bill is it shows how ludicrous 
and onerous this taxes are in New York State and some of these other blue states. But but when you think about it, though, Trump Trump really is the quintessential uh, liberal. You know, we call like Chuck Schumer a liberal. We talk we talk about uh, Barack Obama as a liberal. They're not liberals. Those two guys are leftists. Oh yeah, I right. Think Trump Trump to me is the ultimate liberal. Mm-hmm. He, he looks at a position, like on this individual tax bill thing, um, he, it, it's not that lucrative, but he's, he's thinking on liberal, uh, liberal, in liberal ways. Mm-hmm. Just, I think the three of us are more conservative. We're definitely more conservative than Trump on, on fiscal and, and monetary policies. You notice Trump doesn't talk too much about the national debt anymore because uh, he, he is a liberal, and I think uh, to, to our chagrin, uh, the national debt really isn't a topic. And take a look at guys like Paul Ryan and, uh, you know, the top Republicans. Uh, they, in, in a lot of respects, John McCain, they're liberals. They are absolutely liberals. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to spend money. And what we need, really, is a, a, an awakening. Although, I'll tell you one thing. Thank God for Donald Trump, because if we had the alternative, <laughs> yeah. oh God, it would have been holy hell. It's unbelievable. So I thank Mike Starr every day that he got elected. It's one of the top moments in my, you know, following politics. Yeah. But, you know, John, I think what we what we all expected and what we all want is tremendous cuts in spending. Because we know that some of these tax cuts for corporate America will drive the economy, will drive GNP, will drive growth, and therefore, implicitly, yeah. will increase tax revenue. Yeah. But we also want a corresponding cut in some of these stupid programs. And we're just talking about 50 different, or 80, 80, mm-hmm. 80 means-tested welfare programs. Yes. All different programs, all different government agencies. Let's simplify this whole thing. Yeah. It's gotten out of control. And, and you hit it on a, hit a key, key part of this. Uh, the, the perfect scenario would be keep the uh, corporate tax cuts the way they uh, have a plan, and then go back to the Reagan model where he reduced tax rates in all categories. And right across the board, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's that simple. And, and uh, you brought up a good point. When you have tax cuts, and I've studied it a little bit, when you look at the tax cuts, over uh, the Reagan years, Clinton actually had tax cuts mm-hmm. forced on him by the Republicans, and then of course the Bush tax cuts. You look at the revenue, the tax revenue, right after those tax cuts were put in place, increased, and uh, so that's all we have to do uh, is to reduce taxes. You're going to see uh, uh, vitality in the economy, which will produce t- new tax revenue plus. Your point, too, is well taken. At the same time, you have to cut government spending in areas that aren't that important and that are uh, uh, have ballooned to extraordinary areas. No doubt. Right. With, no you doubt. Know, and, and, John, with our deficit as large as it is, it's got to be significant cuts. It can't be just, oh, we're going to eliminate this little agency here and save, you know, a half a million dollars. It's got to be significant. It's got to be a combination of increasing taxes based on growth, and we've got to stimulate the economy, and we've got to cut some of these federal bureaucracies that we have, and state state spending as well. Oh, 
absolutely. And Reagan had it right with his tax cuts. It, it ballooned our uh, tax revenue because of those tax cuts, because of the vitality. But where he could not succeed was getting meaningful spending cuts. Uh, the uh, Democrats, when he took office, I believe, think uh, the Democrats control one house and we control, and the Republicans recall, control mm-hmm. the others. Actually, I was a Democrat back then. Mm-hmm. The, I think by the time in his second term, uh, the Democrats controlled both houses. So he could not get any cooperation out of uh, Tip O'Neill. Right. And uh, he could not make any meaningful cuts in spending. Plus, he had some Republicans that were against mm-hmm. spending in the government. It's well, Reagan said the best welfare program was a job, and I, I have to admit, I, th- I think I'm with him on that. If you have a job, you're actually paying into the system then for all the things that we're supposed to be paying taxes for, not to just keep taking care of people um, that are able-bodied and able to go out and get their own job. So, You know, the thing I like about Trump is uh, he is, in my mind, a true liberal. He's a liberal like Patrick uh, Moynihan was, mm-hmm. former senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a great, great liberal. And I think Trump has that capability because Trump's willing to listen. Trump is a New York City guy. He's not afraid to pay taxes, and his policies kind of reflect that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But he's willing to listen to the conservatives. And I think, in the end, he will be brought over to our side more, where, you know, he will push for cuts in government spending, and he will continue to decrease tax rates. Yeah, and he's a problem solver, which is, I think, one of his best traits. John, thanks a lot for calling in. Have a great Thanksgiving uh, weekend here, and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, sir. I know we'll be hearing from you in the future. Take care, John. Thanks, John. All right, we're coming up on a break here. Um, I think we're going to have John Thur here in studio shortly. Right, I think he's downstairs and he needs to come in. But, uh, uh, Jason, <laughs> gonna, go let John Thur in. He's going to have to get up to the second floor somehow. He'll be out our window in a second. Oh, Jason's <laughs> leaving. Uh, All right. Hey, folks, always an open mic session right. here. Um, 8030930, star 930 from your cell. And if you need us throughout the week, yes. please give our office a call, 633-1515. We've got an incredible group of specialists. I think we are the only firm, in fact, we pretty much know it from some of the uh, companies that we work with. Only firm, which is designed a whole team based on specialists, specialists yeah. and we yeah. actually work together. And you might actually see more than one person on a visit. So, uh, folks, we'll be right back after this uh, hard break. Uh, you're listening to the Financial Guys here on News Radio 930 WBEN. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The Financial Guys and Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. They're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, they're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, they're right, right on, right on, right on the money. The financial guys, your trusted advisors. The financial guys, right on, right on, right on the money. 
It's time to talk money. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local investment professionals Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Registered representatives with Peak Brokerage Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. David Bellavia, if you're out there listening, that long extended version of the Financial Guys theme jingle was for you because we know you love it <laughs> yeah catchy but annoying yes yes david david makes it pretty known that he he's not so much in favor of it but. <laughs> <laughs> well during the break uh mike hayflick uh, ran to the office and unlocked john thur so we're gonna welcome uh john thur we usually chain john to his desk you know he's filled with, you know, he's got the monitors he's got the keyboards and papers all over he's got it all going you know, on in that, there. that's that's what a cfa does yeah. and uh we're happy to have john as part of our investment committee and uh welcome uh welcome to the show john thank you yeah chartered financial analyst we always say that's like the the doctorate of finance isn't it it's a quite a program to complete uh, a little bit you know <laughs> it, it doesn't mean you're uh, smarter than anybody else it just means you you went through a lot of work to get where you are See, right, I, right. I had a lot of uh, other things i thought cfa stood for but I, I guess it's charter financial analyst right it is a charter financial analyst and uh right now there's about a hundred thousand of them uh registered you know mm -hmm. uh, cfas in the world wow when i got my cfa there were ten thousand okay. so that was i don't want to say how long ago but they make it hard to get mm -hmm. for a reason you mm -hmm. know so it means something yeah, and so then people also need to know and that's why i got it was that if you do do something improper, mm -hmm. you've got a lot to lose. Yeah, so yeah. I think people, I think, it feel more comfortable when they're working with somebody who has something to lose. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so we're going to, John, you're going to chime in a little bit about tax reform and about what it means to both the stock market and bond market, interest rates, things like that. Mm -hmm. Neil's been waiting patiently, Mike. I think yeah, we should give him a chance to uh, tell us what's on his mind. Hey, Neil, how are you? I'm good, guys. Hey. And, uh, Thanks for calling in. Almost holidays. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have anything to say about tax reform. I wanted to chime in about welfare. Sure, go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Well, and I wrote a lot of this down. Otherwise, I'm too nervous to remember it. But uh, there's more than a few generations uh, that are infected with this entitlement mentality, uh, which has been fed by an endless stream of icons like Al Sharpton, right up to the minions that in the Occupy Wall Street group mm -hmm. champion uh, income redistribution. If President Trump has intentions of doing welfare reform, he can't be the face of the program. If it has any hopes of working, he has to uh, conscript a, an army of new icons from industry, preferably people that came from the minority ranks, uh, to introduce whatever training programs he wants to affix to getting the benefits. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't even call them benefits, whether they do you know, uh, uh, let's say in industry, whether it's um, welding or, you know, uh, computer programming or whatever, they should, and of course the chances of this happening are slim to none, but get the people out there talking about it and how hard work is going to eventually lead to the type of income they mm -hmm. want. Um, that's basically what I wanted to say, and that's yeah, that's well, it. You know, the, the you know, upward upward mobility potential. Yeah. It's it's it literally doesn't exist if you just keep getting things without any plan to do something on your own. There's you know, and uh, and no Neil, chance. a good example: Kansas, state of Kansas, 
governor was elected in 2011, Governor Sam, Sam Brownback. And what he did is he changed the whole welfare system. If you're able-bodied and you were on welfare, you had to start proving that you were either getting training or actually applying for jobs, not just having somebody sign a form. If you didn't do that, you had a three-month ban. Second time around, you got a six-month or a one-year ban on collecting benefits. He put in some training programs. What that did was reduce welfare by 78% in the state of Kansas. Um, again, he's got to get people that these younger generation can look up to and think, hey, mm-hmm. it's not rich. They've worked their way up. And uh, I, I'm just going to I'm going to hop off now, but I want to read one quote from George Bernard Shaw. And he says, a government which robs Peter to pay Paul always has always uh, always depend on the support of Paul. Um, in any event, all right, thanks for letting me chime Thanks a lot, Neil. Right. Happy you know, Thanksgiving Neil, in, to you. In, uh, in Kansas, uh, to further, they did a whole study. They took these people that used to be on welfare, 17,000 people they studied and followed them. Their incomes went up 104% in the first year, and within a couple of years, 247%, and they had a feeling of self-worth. Well, that's, so and that's, that's a big exactly deal. what it Make is. It, like feeling good, not just being home saying, how come I'm not getting anything better? Like you never get anything better if you're just constantly get, getting something handed to you. And that's right. that's the real shame of it. People never get a, sad, a feeling of satisfaction. Like, look what I earned. Look what I did. You know, moving from one place to another, another place that has maybe an extra bathroom or a second, you know, second bedroom. Or I can go out and do something that I want to do. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, so there's hope. I don't know if it, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be able to push something through. We'll be able to get some sensible reform done, both tax-wise and on welfare. John, what's your thought on uh, tax reform and where it stands right now? Wow. I've been listening, and you guys have done a great job covering a lot of the bases. Um, what I think hasn't been talked about, and I don't hear a lot of it being talked about, is the big picture. Everybody's asking, what's it going to do to me? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Is it going to get me more money in my pocket? Is it not? Mm-hmm. I don't well, exa- you know, John, exactly, because I, ca- I recalculated my taxes, and I was going to end up paying more. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Well, think about so it. So I, I do that. I think everybody does we're that. We're running... Right. But then if you are, you get upset. And if you're getting a refund, you're happy. It's mm-hmm. not that simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, we have, and we are running a half a trillion dollar deficit every year. So to say we're going to do tax reform and you're going to get a tax cut and taxes are going down, I don't think is realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most important thing here is, number one, the, the corporate rate and getting corporate taxes in line with the rest of the world. Okay, that's number one. So we can be more competitive and create more jobs here in the United States. What's been happening the last 50, 60, 70 years has been this giveaway program Mm -hmm. where we've given up jobs in order to get cheap stuff coming into the United States. Mm -hmm. So companies Mm -hmm. figured it out and they said, well, gee, you know, if we want to sell anything, we got to make it overseas and we got to bring it back Mm -hmm. here. So I think it comes down to the politicians. They sold out because they wanted to get reelected, and they kept giving people cheaper cars and cheaper goods and cheaper TVs mm-hmm. and everything else, and now we don't have the jobs. So now we got to put an end to that. We exactly. Gotta, we got to reverse that. This took 50, 60 years. Yeah. This is not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at the big picture, and you got to say, first thing is get the jobs in the manufacturing plants back here. Mm-hmm. So the corporate tax is the big part of it, but how do you pay for that? 
you're going to pay for that and and some of the personal tax cuts with this whole state tax deduction elimination. That's right. about 1.5 trillion from what I'm hearing everybody say is in the plan. If you don't have that, you don't pay for this. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when uh, people get upset, what it what the federal government is trying to do is force all the states to become accountable and stop looking for money from the federal government. But we know in New York that isn't happening. It's not going to happen in California and Illinois. It, what is it will, Mike. It'll take a while because when everybody starts leaving like you talked about, it and it won't happen immediately. People won't leave immediately. They'll leave when they retire. Sure. You know, it's like attrition, you yeah. know, at a, at a company trying to downsize. People will just have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And you know. the choice will be, where can I go live in retirement, live comfortably without being overtaxed or anticipating you know, if I'm living right. in a state like Texas or a state like Florida, I'm mad because I'm saying I'm subsidizing mm -hmm. these people in New York and California who are getting to deduct these taxes. You know, it's it's, it's almost like a state subsidy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, that's the argument and why they want to get rid of it. And the big part of the tax plan, from what I can see, and why they want to couple it with health care. Mm -hmm. Health care there, you're not going to get cheaper health care. You're not going to get better health care. Okay, we got a pretty good plan right now. Healthcare is great. What you're going to get the the what, cost of it, right? What you're going to get is you're going to get it. They're trying to get it off the federal tax rolls. Mm -hmm. So if you get it off the federal tax rolls, you push it back to the states. Let the states figure it out. Mm -hmm. Let people buy insurance, like they buy car insurance, so you can buy it from a company out in California. You can buy it from a company in Missouri, wherever you want to buy it. Right. Okay, Increase well, the competition. The right. Decrease the cost. Exactly. So I think what you're going to see is they've got to get it off the federal rolls. And if you can get the federal rolls, with get that out of there and some other things, that's how you're going to pay for the lower taxes mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So it's a big picture thing. And then the finality of it comes in with, I agree, we got to do the cost cutting. Because people who are going to pay more at the top, Okay, I don't think anybody would not want to pay more if they were starting to see better spending of their money. No doubt. That's right. Okay? No doubt about it. So that that's, that's it's right. a big picture thing, and I think this is just one piece of it. We got to start somewhere, mm -hmm. and I hope the corporate tax cuts come. I hope the manufacturing comes back. I hope the jobs and the training for those different jobs comes back. Mm -hmm. And and I think after you do that, I, you know, you're not going to have five 55 inch screen TVs. Maybe maybe mm -hmm. you're going to have two. Right. Okay. I would pay more for an item, whether it be a car or a TV or whatever, if the economy was doing better here every year. And I knew people could get jobs coming out of college because we all have kids. Sure. We're going to have grandkids. Yeah. And the big thing is you have to say to yourself, well, this is going to hurt me because I'm going to pay more. You know, it's not mm -hmm. going to hurt you if you got to pay 5000 more in taxes. Who it's going to hurt is going to be eventually your kids. If we don't do something and your grandkids, because if you look in Europe, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to people over there, 60% tax rate. How do you get up right. in the morning knowing every dollar you mm -hmm. make, 60% of it goes to your government? The same thing in Canada. Yeah, that's incredible. So while you may be in a 39% tax bracket here, but you're making, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a, a million or more, think of the people in Europe and Canada who are maybe making less than a half a million dollars, and they're sure. paying 60 cents of every dollar. Right. Okay. Right. And, and so we don't want to go there. But if we don't tighten the belt now, if we don't make some sacrifices now, and our kids and our grandkids are going to want to, it's not going to just keep being pushed down the road. Right, because this debt has to be paid at some time. Technically, it's, it's our visa technically yes. But what everybody lays back on is that the way our government and treasury are structured is different than a lot, is that we could always write the check. If we have mm -hmm. 50 billion of uh, U.S. Treasury tenure notes due, and the rest of the world, nobody wants to buy them, we could write a check and buy them back ourselves, sure. pay ourselves with a check. Mm -hmm. It's inflationary, no doubt. 
But people always lay back on that and say, we can do it. Europe can't do that. That's why I worry more about Europe's situation mm -hmm. than I mm -hmm. do about ours. You know, yeah, so yeah. I, I would say that it's a big picture item, and we have to we have to broaden it out. We have to talk mm -hmm. about that, and this generation is going to have to be making some sacrifices. Yeah. So the next generation or two right, isn't going right. to be crushed, no doubt. Well, John Thur here in studio with us, wealth manager, chartered financial analyst, Mike Hayflick here with Jeff Boron filling in for Mike and Glenn this week. Um, always appreciate the calls. If you'd like to call in right now and talk to John Thur. 8030930 star 930 1-800-616-9236 you can even text us at 30930 um, folks if you need us throughout the week we'd love to uh, have you come in talk to one or more of the many specialists in our firm call 6331515 you can also like us on facebook you can check us out at fin guys that's f i n g u y s on twitter um, or thefinancialguys.com thefinancialguys.com um, we're going to just take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. You know Jeff Boron is in studio today by the song selection. That's right. We don't leave it up to Frank. I come in all prepared with that. We're having a fun show. We got John Thur in studio today. John is one of our stock and bond gurus on the investment committee. And it looks like we had a caller to talk about stocks and bonds. We're actually talking about money a little bit, Mike. Yeah. I mean, that's a switch. Yeah. So let's go to Gary in West Seneca. And, He's got a question on stocks and bonds. And not to forget, Sue, Wesley, you guys are on deck. We will get to you, we promise. Gary, how are you? Great, great. So my question for John is um, I'm 59 years old and I'm fully 100% invested in equities, mutual funds, some individual I own zero bonds. Mm -hmm. um, we're supposedly in a low interest rate environment, and interest rates, it looks like they're supposed to be rising. And, uh, bonds move inversely to interest rates. My question is, the conventional wisdom is that someone my age should have 30 40% of their money in bonds, but I have none. I don't know why I would be in bonds um, if I've got a long-term view of the market. Say, you know, I don't need that money for 10 years. So mm -hmm. am I wrong? You know, you're you're not wrong in when you talk about longevity and, and time frame and those are those are important issues. But what people don't understand is as you get older, um, you don't have the ability to make more money or make money back. So if you look mm -hmm. back in two thousand when the tech wreck hit, how long did it take for Microsoft, Cisco, Intel, Lucent, Lucent's gone, um, to come back to hit their old highs? Microsoft in the last two years just hit its old high. Cisco just hit a high it hasn't seen since 2001. Mm -hmm. Intel, similarly. So my point is when you hit these wrecks, and we're at a point right now where um, the tech is doing extremely well again, and mm -hmm. tech permeates all throughout the sectors in different ways. But when things blow up, it's not always that heavily weighted sector that's done the best and made the made you the most money that you get your money back in the next five years. Mm -hmm. After the tech wreck, it was real estate, it was financials, mm -hmm. it was retail in the early part of the the turnaround. So you had to be in those names. Now, if you own mutual funds and you own uh, some more uh, model type products, um, you're not going to be able to have that selection 
to ease up on some of the weighting that you have in your overweighted sectors now mm -hmm. so you don't get hurt as bad and also make the adjustments after the fact. And the same thing happened with the financials in 08. They blew up terribly. There was 17.5% of the index was financials. They blew up. Those stocks have not come back. Mm -hmm. They've come back from their lows, but they're not strong. So other sectors yet. are where the rebound exactly. has been. Exactly. That's where you might remake the money back. Exactly, sure. but not enough people understand that and, and yeah. can make those changes that need to be made. Right. They, they so. broad base, they call everything you know either a stock or a bond, but the sectors and sector rotation mm -hmm. is what's driving a lot of your returns in individual portfolios. Right, and mm -hmm. what you want, and the reason why, Gary, you want to be diversified, I don't care how old you are, you want to have some diversification of risk because if the stock market were to get hit, typically if you own a, a shorter term or even a, just a lower risk port, uh, portfolio of bonds, those portfolios rally because the markets will have a flight to quality and people will buy bonds after the fact mm -hmm. when it's mm -hmm. not too late, but they want to start protecting their money when things start to fall apart. So that part of your portfolio tends to do better then. So it offsets some of the downturn in your stock portfolio. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what else you own because some of my clients own other assets um, mm -hmm. that are, right. you know, let's say you own rental property. Technically, it's equity, but if you're living off the income now because all the uh, loans have been paid off, That's right. that could be a cash flow and a fixed income type product. So you need to look at everything. That's and we do some private too. deals and too. John mentioned like the time horizon. Like It doesn't really matter how old you are. It, what matters is what do you need? And, and at what point in your life do you need that income? And right. how can you make it back? Yeah. If you lose yeah. some money, how can you make it back? That's right. right. You know, it and I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying to you, it all depends what you own. If you mm -hmm. own really solid, well-run companies and the market turns down, I don't think you're going to have to worry as much. But right. every fixed income or every equity portfolio or I should say more of the, fixed, the uh, ETFs or the uh, mutual funds, they have a sector of risky assets mm -hmm. that some of them, like – Things like WorldCom, Lucent, I can go on and on. Sure. They're not, they may be gone, they're not come back. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's what you, all you have to be careful of. One thing of. I know we do in our office is we use some pretty neat software. It really helps to, to sort of track what someone or a couple's retirement will look like. Right? Exactly. From, because from the it, year they retire and onward. Hopefully how long do you need it and years. how much do you need? Those are the, the key questions when we do our homework process we, that we figure out. Risk John, one of the other things sure. that, you know, at the beginning of the year, because I always go back, you know, we're towards the end of the year now, go back to the beginning of the year, beginning of the year, people are saying, you're not going to make any money in bonds this year. Simply not true. There's some sectors that, you know, have positive returns. You're not hitting 14, 15 percent, 20 percent, but they're, but they're positive and they're a flight to safety and they're still... So corporate bonds, government bonds, tell us about some of the returns that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, the returns haven't been strong. You're looking mm -hmm. at maybe on a cash flow basis, anywhere from depending, I, I've been running short pretty much on my purchases, um, anywhere from a year and a half out to three to four. Right. So you're maybe getting anywhere from one and a half to two and a half percent on a cash flow basis. But what you're going to, and, and as rates rise, okay, those bonds will mature quicker so you can reinvest in the rising interest rate environment. So you're not gonna get as big a hit to a portfolio and we hold them to maturity. So as long as you hold the bonds to maturity, you get your, your, your original investment back, okay? okay? It's only when you hold, have a 30-year bond and you change your mind in five years and you don't want it, that you have to sell it, that you're gonna either take a gain or a loss in it, okay? So those are some of the things about bonds people don't understand. And then beyond that, what we're doing is buying some uh, private, bond deals 
okay? And those have some nice yields to them, and they ha- I think I do a lot of homework on them, so I, I feel very comfortable with mm-hmm. what's in those private deals and the way they're run. And they get some high yields to them, and they don't have that long a duration. They're maybe three to five-year hold, two to five-year hold, and you get a nice yield, and you know what you own. And the other thing about those is people are not going to panic because these are high net worth individuals. And when the market starts to go one way down, that mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. they don't panic because they're told you got to let this money go. They got liquidity gotcha. elsewhere. Yeah. Folks, uh, we're coming up on a hard break. We're here with John Thur, wealth manager, chartered financial analyst from our office. Jeff Boron here in studio with me, Mike Hayflick. Um, we're just going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to the Financial Guys here on News Radio 930 WBEN. all right sitting behind your laptop ordering all those christmas gifts don't go out there folks <laughs> just kidding just kidding amazon will deliver right to your door get to all those retail stores stimulate you know, one the, of the economy do your part one of the the popular things i heard was you know the video doorbells because now people are getting so many packages from amazon <laughs> they want to make sure people aren't walking up and taking them aren't, them, aren't they going to allow those deliverers to just come right into your home i, th- I thought i heard something like I w- that like i wish they would they unbox code. it set it up for Honestly. me put it together you know your tv hang the tv yeah. and put all the wires in all that stuff i'm telling you anyway well folks thanks for tuning in the financial guys here on news radio 930 wben as we are every saturday we also have a tv show tuesdays uh, one, uh, what time? Uh, 11.30 a.m. I don't know, Mike. They don't let me on 11. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he, not allowed tried, to be on that. He, he's tried to get in, but we didn't, we never let him in. No, but Money Talks. Money Talks. 11.30 a.m. on Tuesdays, WGRZ. Um, we're in studio right now with John Thur, one of our team members. We also have Dave Mariocker on the line. He's also one of our chief investment portfolio managers. Let me pull Dave in. Hey, Dave. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Hey, you're on the air. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, same to you and all the listeners. <laughs> oh, we got Dave's theme music here. Pardon? Oh. We're playing oh. your theme music, Dave. Ah, here we go. <laughs> little Johnny Cash. Are you out in a field right now? In a tree stand, maybe? <laughs> my buddy up in Canada trolling right now. Ah, right. All right. What are you fishing for, Dave? Muskie, that's all I fish for. You guys know that. All right. Uh, all right. You're so still Dave, not mixing it up. Okay. Hey, Dave, John Thurs in studio with us. Hey, John. Hi, hey, David. I wish I was with you out there fishing, buddy. Next time, buddy. Next time. It's cold. Uh, it got cold overnight. It was probably a 15, 20 degree drop here. So, so Dave, we understand you want to talk about a couple stocks. Well, I, I last time uh, I was up north here, well, it was a couple of years ago. I've been up here since then, but... I had talked to Mike Lomas in regard to Walmart and Chevron when those two stocks had hit deep lows, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walmart got down to around the high 50s, and Chevron cut midday trading uh, at around $68, and we talked quite a bit about them. And I had added Walmart at that time. I said I was talking about it. never owned Walmart in a, my investing career, hmm. and that's been a nice addition. And so in all uh, fairness, and uh, what do they call it? Uh, disclosure, letting uh, everybody know that we own Walmart and Chevron both. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they've rebounded. So you felt that was a good decision for you? 
Yeah, that that was it. Was uh, Walmart? I think is a is a valid competitor to Amazon. And uh, Chevron, you know, is one of those big uh, oil conglomerates that the strong survive. Mm-hmm. And they've rebounded very nicely. So even in this age of shopping online, uh, you still think Walmart's going to be one of those those types of holdings that that can kind of you know stand in with the big guys like Amazon. <laughs> I, I do. I believe that that will. Uh, well, it, it's Walmart reported and it was up seven or eight dollars. So that doesn't usually happen with a big huge company like that. So that was a a really uh, big. I don't know if it was a big surprise, but it was mm-hmm. well. Uh, Earn, I think I believe on their part in the competition online. Sure, great. Well, you know, I know Walmart's doing a big online presence too. Mm-hmm. That's how they're going to compete with Amazon. Sure. So you don't have to drive and see all the the weird people inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually shop just like you do for Amazon on Walmart site. Yeah. Well, well it's a little bit beyond that too, and that they're going to expand their offerings hugely. You know, mm-hmm. they're probably. I heard they're offering fifty times more online than what they have in the stores. Because right? well, wow. they're going to become like Amazon. Yeah, There's no yeah. barrier to offering something online. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, warehouse it in your store until you actually order it. Don't need shelf yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the other thing is, if you look at David, I don't know if you noticed that they partner. They're trying to or partnering with Lord and Taylor. I I think Walmart is going to become the virtual mall. They're going to have other people using their platform, like a Lord & Taylor, maybe some other shops. You're going to go online. You're going to have one shopping cart, and it's all going to come in from these different stores, like a mall, mm-hmm. and then you're going to check out. Sure. And, I, and I think it's, it's going to be interesting where it goes. But I think that's why people are starting to gravitate to Walmart. And mm-hmm. I, I'm with you, David. I bought a lot of it in the, in the high 60s for my clients for that very reason, that mm-hmm. I think they are going to be a competitor and, and get in in this business against Amazon. Yeah, good stuff. Two other things, guys, that I would mention and for our listeners, the majority of the companies reporting on the S&P 500, the ones that are, most of their business is in the United States. Their top-line revenue was up around 5 to 6%. But if you take the uh, company that has, a fair amount of their business outside of the country, their top-line revenue rose by over 15%. So overseas exposure was a, a, a huge benefit to uh, diversified companies that are uh, in the S&P 500. And, and, and it, that, that's a good point, David, because now that's one of the things I watch in the uh, our earnings reports. And the third quarter earnings have to be, for me, one of the best reporting periods in the last six or seven years because of the top-line growth. Some of it had to do with the weaker dollar, and, and some of that will go away if the dollar gets stronger. Uh, others of it, we're seeing a unified worldwide uh, economic growth, which is helping to boost every everybody's earnings. When you look at, John, when you look at the, the Hang Seng, the DAX, all those foreign markets are at 10-year highs. I don't know how long that can, how long that'll last, but it's it's impressive. Well, I think what's, what we're going to go into the next phase here, David, is the uh, – the whole central bank thing. And that's where it's going to get real interesting because we're the first one in to do QE and buy bonds and, and try to keep the long end of the curve down. Now we're going to be the, we are the first one getting out mm-hmm. and we're raising our rates and we are starting to sell bonds out into the street, out of the, out of the feds portfolio, which I think is huge. And it's going to be very, very interesting where we go with this and how the rest of the world reacts. And if they follow us, they're, they're almost going to have to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if our rates start going up, Money's going to flow to the United States, and they won't have enough capital to fund their 
their governments and everything else. Right. If you're just right. tuning in, we are the Financial Guys. We've got John Thur here in studio. Dave Mariocker, two of our chief investment portfolio managers. I don't want to say how many decades of, of experience they have. They might get mad at me, but they have many decades of experience between the two of them. If you would like to talk to one of them about your personal portfolios, maybe about your own ideas about how to, to grow your wealth, preserve your wealth, you can reach uh, John and Dave at our office, 633-1515. Dave, you've got an office uh, number at home as well. What is that? That number is 716-652-5434. All right. Yeah. And, All right. Uh, can't thank you enough. Dave, and be safe so. have out you, have there, you, buddy. Have you caught anything uh, so far today? Yeah, my buddy, We uh, on Friday, we got here on Thursday, and we caught one on Friday about a 30-pounder. Previous to that, uh, we were up uh, four or five separate times throughout the summer. I think we've caught about 25 fish. Holy wow, cow. good for you, Dave. When you start catching fish that are bigger than turkeys, you got to be doing something right. <laughs> hey, Dave, thanks for calling in. Thanks, Enjoy Dave. yourself. Don't get too cold. See you soon, buddy. <laughs> Bye, uh, you know what? Wesley's been waiting very patiently, Mike. I think, you know, he's... Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's, let's, let's let him uh, share his hey, views. Wesley. Hey, Wesley, how are you? How's Colesville feeling down there? Uh, I'm pretty cold here. <laughs> yeah, God, it got colder since yesterday, I know. Yes. What can we do for you, sir? Thanks for waiting. My concern is the loss of the deductibility of the medical costs. Mm-hmm. Now, Esther Gouley's, thank goodness for her, is the only one I've ever heard mention it. Right. Well, we're losing, you're losing that, and, you know, that really helps people that have significant medical costs because they have to be a, a percentage over your AGI. But, uh, uh, retired and elderly. We can't work, and we're living on Social Security and a meager pension. Mm-hmm. Now, um, last year, I checked the taxes I paid, and that the our medical costs were fully one-third of our income. Wow, so it is a big impact to you, Wesley. So taking that away is a hit, a big hit. It's a huge hit. Do you think that they'll they'll by the end of all of this negotiating, if that's what we want to call it, do you think that it'll actually not be as impactful on you? Um, I don't think uh, that the loss of the deduction is getting any public um, publicity. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't heard. You know, obviously, the big controversy has been the state tax deductibility, mm-hmm. but I have not heard anybody throwing uh, medical out there. You're absolutely right, Wesley. So uh, that's my concern, and I hope maybe uh, somebody would remember the people at the lower end of the income scale. Right. Yes. Thanks, Wesley. Thanks for the call. Thanks for holding, and thanks for your your, uh, contributions. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, you know what? Sue's been waiting a long time. Sue and Tanwan, and then we're going to take a quick break. Sue, how are you? Thanks for waiting. Well, I'm still here. Uh, thanks All right, a thanks lot. for we being appreciate patient. Appreciate your patience. That's okay. Um, my question is: I'm a little bit older than my husband, and I've been on Social Security for about four years now. Mm-hmm. And um, he's getting ready so that he could retire in January because um, he's of age now. And um, I'm just wondering if my Social security could go up because of him being retired like can i get half of his mine's pretty low mine's like seven hundred dollars uh let me just ask you when did you claim your benefit 
What at what age? Sixty-four. Okay, so by claiming at sixty-four, you immediately basically made a decision to say, "I won't get what I'm entitled to at full retirement age," which for you would have been, I think, age sixty-six. Yeah. And so you you won't get up to one half because you've already now limited yourself by taking your benefit early. Now, will your husband be at his own or you know, at his full retirement age when he claims? Yes. Okay, and and will you be? Will you be at age 66? I'll be, yeah, more than 66. Okay, so you, you should get some help. It's something called a spousal benefit, but you won't get to that 50% point. Um, if you wanted to call me, you could call me at our offices, 633-1515. If you shared your birth dates and your what we call the primary insurance amounts, that's the monthly benefit at full retirement age, I could um, go through those numbers with you and give you a, a reasonable approximation of what you could expect, okay? Okay. Again, 633-1515, just ask for Mike Hayflick. He doesn't actually have to start collecting, and I could collect part of this or something? No, that's the key. He has to start claiming his own benefit for you to get that spousal benefit. Okay. That extra that you, you may be entitled to, okay? Okay. All right. I look forward to speaking with you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Sue. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is WBEN News Radio 930. We are the Financial Guys. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, thanks again to, to the guys behind the glass, Frank, Jason, every week helping us to sound pretty decent. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, we're going to be right back here in just a couple minutes here on News Radio 930, WBEN. I think Frank threw a curveball at me. <laughs> this wasn't you your selection? so right. All right, Frank. I love it. Wow. Love it. Yeah, folks, welcome back to the Financial Jay- Radio It's the show. hardest I've seen Jason laugh since we've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but what about when he puts those nice texts to me on the screen? Eh, yeah, we can't repeat those. those. No, we can't. Hey, hey we've got a, a special guest we're going to bring on, Paul Bolani. Um, Paul is the president of Colvin Cleaners, and every year now for 20, this is the 22nd annual Codes for Kids program. Um, we're going to bring him on right now. Paul, are you there? I sure am. Uh, thanks so much for holding. Yeah, Paul, you've and been happy, very patient. Thanks happy for Happy Thanksgiving, and please share with us how you're doing with this Codes for Kids program this year, and give us all the info you can. Well, it's um, it's interesting because we started off slow with that mild fall we had. Mm-hmm. Um, our first giveaway, um, I think we were around 1,300 coats, and then our second giveaway, which was just last Saturday, um, we were over 2,800 coats we gave away. We've never seen anything like it. Oh, my goodness. Um, the village of Kenmore was loaded with cars, <laughs> uh, backed up some traffic. We had like 300 people outside our building before nine o'clock when the when the giveaway started um it, it was it was unlike anything we've ever seen so it's pretty obvious to us that the that the need is there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in this coming saturday is our final giveaway a week from today uh, december 2nd so paul if, if uh someone wants to donate uh coats that'll go to the needy where would they go um they could go right to colvincleaners.com Click on Coach for Kids, and there's a map on there. It's very easy to operate. Mm-hmm. All the Allstate offices, um, BAC Women's, uh, Park Avenue Code Company, 
any of their locations. Uh, J.C. Seneca, um, they've got um, uh, they've uh, they've got their location um, uh, down south. Um, his his gas station, they're collecting them uh, south of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but what we've got going right now is, um, well, Colvin Cleaners, obviously, you could donate there all year long. Um, what we've got going now is this coming Tuesday, the 28th, um, our, we have a Coach for Kids live drive. And from 4.30 in the morning to 9 a.m., um, Channel 4 is going to be broadcasting live, and we're going to be in the parking lot of Russell Steaks, Chops, and more. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. The 6675 Transit Road. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows where Russell's is. Oh, yeah. And then from 4 p.m. in the afternoon to 6.30 p.m., we're going to be in the Southgate Plaza on Union Road in West Seneca. So people can just drive by on their way to work, on their way home from work, and just drop off coats, hats, gloves, scarves. We're really in, we're really in a terrific need to make up what we distributed mm-hmm. last week you know, for this last giveaway. Sure, and, sure. Um, we're pretty sure that it's going to be a really solid, um, a really solid giveaway. Um, the other thing, if people, um, if people don't have coats to donate, which um, you kind of find it hard to believe because you look in everybody's closet and they have a ton of coats, mm-hmm. they can go to Park Avenue Coat Company. And Park Avenue Coat Company has worked out a deal with us where they can buy coats for 20% off and they'll donate them to mm. kids. Oh, that's great. Boy, oh boy! Well, you and this is your twenty-second year. How, how has it evolved over the years? Because this is—I mean, this is perfect time of year. People are, in, unfortunately, in our area, we have to put the spring stuff and summer stuff away. We bring out the, the fall and winter stuff. This is a perfect time of year to say to your kids, "Hey, does this fit you anymore? Um, if not, let's get it over to the Coats for Kids program." But how has this evolved for you over the years? Well, I mean, we started off with one giveaway. Um, at our warehouse, and um, you know, we we saw the need um, of having a second one, so we would collect up to that first giveaway, and then it was over. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're doing now is we we actually have three three giveaways, but then aside from that, um, like in in Kenmore Town of Tonawanda, there's a group called the Kenton Closet. It's an absolute incredible organization that was put together to help families in need. Mm-hmm. They have school supplies, they have socks, they have underwear. You, you can't believe how many people there are in need in our own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I see it because we're not associating with, you know, people without a lot of money all the time. Sure. Trust me, they're there. So um, Coach for Kids, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Kenton Closet came in uh, last week, pulled out about 200 coats. They, they select the coats they want. We collect from all the high schools in Tonawanda, mm-hmm. from a lot of high schools throughout western New York. So we're, we're helping their program tremendously because we clean all the coats. They get the cream of the crop on those. We had um, um, uh, a bilingual uh, teacher who headed up a program in Buffalo. There were seven schools that had a lot of Puerto Rican children come in from the, um, um, from the hurricane. Mm-hmm. These teachers know that these kids don't have any coats. They, of course not, right. They don't have much in the homes that they're living in that they're that they're placed in. Mm-hmm. But what these teachers did was they all got together, and there were about 170 some kids. We had them in early last Saturday. They selected all these coats for these kids, and then they brought them back to their classrooms and distributed them individually. Boy, the that's fantastic! That's awesome. How how something you've done and created you and your family. I mean, you truly are a family-owned business, and 
um, to be helping people the way you do, and then to, to sort of, it almost becomes contagious, doesn't it? I mean, the things that you're doing, now you see some teachers um, saying, boy, we can actually add on to this. This is incredible. I, I have a, a, a couple sheets here in front of me. So www.coatsforkidswestern New York. Well, I should say WNY. So www.coats4kidswny.com. Can we also go to your Colvin Cleaners website? Yeah, you go to colvincleaners.com, and, and there's a link right there. Okay, yes, I see that link. Um, so just, again, tell us about the Russell's event, the date and time, and then there's one more distribution date on December 2nd. Well, this, this Tuesday, the 28th, mm-hmm. uh, 4.30 in the morning to 9 a.m. in the morning in the parking lot of Russell Steaks and Chops. Okay, Tuesday, this Tuesday, 4.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Done it. Um, you'll see it on, on Russell's uh, video mm-hmm. in right yep. Transit Road. Um, so you just drive in, drop off your hats, gloves, scarves, coats, and take right off um you know hopefully there'll be no bottleneck we're, we're very good at getting rid of bottlenecks so okay move move people through and then in the afternoon at the uh uh southgate plaza mm-hmm. 4 p.m to 6 30 p.m channel 4 will be there uh, broadcasting i believe janice snyder is going to be broadcasting mm-hmm. out at uh, uh monday and also tuesday morning i don't know if she'll be talking uh to them at russell's but um you know we'll see how that goes uh, monday morning Terrific. Boy, thanks Thanks for everything you do, Paul. Uh, Paul Bellani, president of Colvin Cleaners, 22nd annual Coats for Kids program. Still time to contribute the coats, scarves, hats, gloves. Um, the giveaway location um, on December 2nd here, Knights of Columbus, 36 Pierce Avenue in Hamburg. But you can still contribute, again, Russell's from 4.30 a.m. to 9 a.m., Russell's Steakhouse right on Transit Road. And then later in the evening, 4 p.m. to 6.30, down at the Southgate Plaza. And, uh, Paul, thanks again for everything you do. Really, um, it's, a, it's very inspiring. It kind of makes all of us uh, say we really ought to kick in a little more. Oh, Mike, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Jeff, thank you very much. All right, Paul, good luck, and uh, thanks, thanks for all you've done for everybody. Yeah, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving to you. To you also. All right. Folks, Paul Bellani. Colvin Cleaners president, um, heads up this 22nd annual Coats for Kids program. Go into those uh, those crates in your basements and see if there's anything anything in your closets that you That's can right. donate. Holy cow. Um, so we are the financial guys. Um, if you need us throughout the week, 633-1515. We've got a little bit of time here left. Uh, we've got John Thur here in studio. Um, talking about rising interest rates, the stock market. Where are things heading, John, do you think? As this year unfolds, um, does it depend on the tax reform? Does it depend on other things? It, right, interest rates right now are more dependent on the Fed. And I think I listen to what people talk about, some of the big guys, the big um, pundits on TV, and mm-hmm. I think they don't all see the picture. Um, I managed uh, institutional fixed income money for about seven years, a uh, billion and a half, mm-hmm. all different kinds of portfolios. I got very acclimated with fixed income. What I see happening here, the Fed's been involved, their central banks around the world been involved mm-hmm. for almost 10 years now. I don't think they're gonna walk away. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if you look back historically where Fed funds have been over the last, since 1950, the Fed funds rate has been at or above the national, the GDP, mm-hmm. national growth rate, for probably 85% of the time. It's this last big stretch is where a good portion of it, and maybe after some other recessions, that it's dipped below 
But the majority of the time, Fed funds is at or above GDP. It doesn't impede GDP growth. Mm -hmm. So if we're growing at 2%, why isn't it that Fed funds can't survive at 2%? They can. That's why the the Federal Reserve is going back to 2% Fed funds. And that will give them a cushion if we did get into trouble to lower rates again if they Mm -hmm. had to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what they're going to do is control the longer end of the curve with the selling of the bonds out of their portfolio. They own four trillion or four and a half trillion dollars worth of debt that they've been buying over the last six, seven years, mm-hmm. and now they're going to sell it. And as they sell it, if they need to sell a little bit more to get that ten-year out toward four, three and a half, four percent to get a steeper curve, mm-hmm. they'll do it. Because four percent, if you look back historically, since probably since numbers have been recorded in the early 1900s, the average of the 10-year or the longer bond has been about 4%. Right. So if you sure. can get a steepness to the curve, it's mm-hmm. not so much that the two at the short end, the four at the 10-year is prohibitive. Mm-hmm. It's if that curve is flat, that does not give incentive to invest and move out. So banks and financial institutions need a little steeper curve, a couple hundred basis points. That way they will take risk. They will lend money because they can borrow a short, lend it long. If you have a, you cannot have a strong economy without a strong financial system. So that's why I think the Federal Reserve is gonna do this. And they're gonna steepen that curve. They're gonna raise the curve. It's not gonna be prohibitive to grow. It could be prohibitive to growth if we don't get fiscal policies. This tax reform, maybe an infrastructure spending bill right. next year, maybe the uh, health care, so, it's not going to help. So, John, if we get the cut in corporate tax rates, you see that as a positive, big positive move for the market? Is the market priced that in already? I think most people like myself have discounted it because yeah. we really don't think anything meaningful will get done. Right. Folks, we are out of time. Uh, great to have John Thur, our chartered financial analyst here in studio. Folks, if you need us throughout the week, 633-1515. Remember to tune in next week with Mike and Glenn. Watch Money Talks this week, Tuesday, 1130 a.m. on WGRZ. Esther, the tax lady, is up next. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks.